morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And this is the first episode for season two. Yay! I can't <laughs> believe we did it. I know. We're here. Already. Season, season two, two already. Oh my gosh. It's we crazy. have like episodes planned all like we plan like ahead. We're yeah. like almost a year ahead. I think so. Uh so today we're talking about The Conjuring, which is really cool. Uh, it was directed by James Wan and was written by the brothers uh, Chad and Carrie Haynes. And it stars Vera Farmiga, Patrick Wilson, Lily Taylor, and Ron Livingston. Actually, development for The Conjuring began over 20 years prior to the release of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Warren, who died, I think, in 2009, mm-hmm. uh he played the tape of Lorraine's original interview with Carolyn Perron, mm-hmm. who is Lily Taylor's character in The yeah. Conjuring. He played it for uh, producer Tony DeRosa Grunt, and then uh, that producer landed a deal to make the movie with uh, Gold Circle Films, which was the same company that uh, eventually made the Haunting in Connecticut movie. It was, you know, and that actually is also based on an Ed and Lorraine Warren story. Yeah. Which I didn't realize until I was doing research about this. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, But it feels like that. Like, when you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, I can totally tell. But the contract, it wasn't finalized. And so the deal dropped, like, for the Conjuring movies with Tony DeRosa Grund. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, he is the man that is behind the current battle between, you know, his his what he thinks is his property and <sighs> Warner Brothers. Yeah. So he's actually suing Warner Brothers right now for the rights to the Conjuring franchise because Ed Warren, I guess, approached him so many years ago about it. Oh so that's God. interesting. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, Hollywood man. Yeah. Do you know like what Lorraine has to say about any of it? Or I, I actually haven't seen anything about it. I've seen like other people talk about it, like. I don't know, like newspapers, whatever, have have said a few things about it, but I haven't heard like her say anything about it. Yeah, and I don't know. I have no idea. <sighs> yeah, that guy. That guy. What a stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, finally. So in in going backwards, sort of, I guess in 2011, pre-production began once New Line Cinemas and Warner Brothers picked it up. So you know that then of course that whole suing thing began but anyway the conjuring grossed 137.4 million in north america and 180.6 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 318 million the budget only 20 million that's crazy i know so they were like, cha-ching. Yeah. Uh, the Conjuring received generally positive reviews from critics. Uh, some people thought it was a little slow in the beginning. And then it, you know, of course, has this huge ending, this firework ending. Oh, yeah. But I think that was basically the only problem that critics had was that it was a little slow. And it, there were a lot of, like, horror movie tropes that were being reused. But I think because James Wan is so skillful as a filmmaker. Oh, yeah. That... It was almost like people were willing to let that all slide because it was a fresh, really crafty look at those tropes. Yeah, so, it was a new take on everything. Yeah. So. 
So it was a, uh, it was not even a new take. It was just like a, a good take. Yeah. <laughs> like yes, it was just yeah. well done. Yeah. That's a better way to put it actually. Yeah. For sure. So uh, this movie is based on a true story because Ed and Lorraine Warren are real people. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, Abby, could you please tell us the plot to The Conjuring? Yes, of course. Um, so as Gracie said, Uh, The Conjuring is based off of the case files of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who have a lot of really, really interesting uh, hands in other movies as well. So if you're kind of new to Ed and Lorraine, you should definitely check them out. So it focuses on the Perrin family and their five daughters, and they move into this secluded house in um rhode island rhode island yeah almost as soon as they move in there they start experiencing ghostly activity Mm -hmm. the family dog sadie is killed almost immediately upon arrival i think it's like the next morning when they wake up and they discover her and other weird things happen like birds fly into windows and it's just it's got the clocks will start at at stop at 307 yeah yeah so a lot of like creepy vibes and stuff surrounding the house so all of that kind of becomes the least of their worry when they realize that there are spirits in the house who are very malevolent. Yeah. And one in particular is after Carolyn, the matriarch of the family. And that spirit, after Ed and Lorraine come to investigate, is the ghost of a witch named Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bathsheba basically is so sinister and so evil because she killed her own child and then committed suicide on the property. Yeah. And the first time Lorraine sees her or her spirit on the property, she's hanging from this like really twisted Gnarly old tree. tree. Yeah. And that's just beyond the farmhouse. So you the camera kind of pans out and you see her feet hanging there. Which is so everyone knows that scene. Oh, if you yeah. haven't even seen the conjuring, but you've seen the trailer, like that's everyone was like, what? And that was like the big major scene in the yep. trailer. Oh yeah. And you know it by like the tree in the house and stuff yes. like that. It's very, very recognizable. So Lorraine and Ed, after they discover that the house is in fact haunted, come in with their team of paranormal investigators. Mm-hmm. And after they gather all of this conclusive evidence that the house is haunted they want to get permission to perform an exorcism on the house for the family because they're so scared that the family is at risk but basically the exorcism takes place in the basement of the house yeah and it's the creepiest setting ever um but carolyn is successfully exorcised Mm -hmm. by lorraine basically who tells her to hold on to her soul and just remember her family and do it for her family yeah um because Bathsheba's ultimate goal is to overtake Carolyn and inhabit her body so that she can kill her children yeah and sacrifice them to Satan yeah (laughs) which yeah holy Mm, crap lovely yeah um so Carolyn holds on to her own spirit and she overcomes the evil of Bathsheba um, but she is definitely beaten and emotionally just broken down after the whole experience. Um, she like hobbles at the end. She's yeah, like, she's like, oh my God. She looks like <laughs> she just came from freaking battle. She's like all bruised and like, oh. So throughout the movie, we also discover a little bit about Lorraine and what she struggles with as a parapsychologist. And that's a theme that carries into the next installment of The Conjuring. But the film is beautifully and tastefully directed, and 
the jump scares are done just right. They're, they're not overdone. Yeah. And they aren't cheap. So like a cheap scare would be, you know, a cat jumping out of the pantry. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. They're like, how did that cat get in there? Like First a crazy like build of music and then blah, it's and like then right nothing. there in, in your face. But with these, you're totally caught off guard. I like, think there's only one that is technically a cheap scare it's when the deputy sheriff or the sheriff i guess he's in the bathroom and he walks out the bathroom. he's like i had to go but it was oh, like oh yeah yeah but it's kind of justified because everyone in that moment is waiting for something scary to happen so mm-hmm. it actually lets down not only the audience's audience's guard but the character's guard right exactly so um i think that that's a justified cheap scare Mm -hmm. uh but i think that's that's really the only one in my opinion all the other ones are like legitimate like scares especially the one the part where beth sheba's ghost is hiding on top of the wardrobe (gasps) in the bedroom scared the crap out of me oh my god that was the one that like made me not be able to sleep for the next week. You just want to like just throw kept... up. You're like, ugh. <laughs> she is terrifying. And you can always tell when it's a James Wan ghost or like a demon. Mm-hmm. They all have the same look. They do. And it's, I think it's because of the eyes. He is huge on paying close de- attention to detail with the eyes yes they're so. they all do look a specific way but and we'll get into like how he his style and stuff in a minute oh, yeah, yeah. so that's the plot let's talk about the opening i <laughs> freaking love this opening yes. like and i'm i mean like the credit opening mm-hmm. like the noise like the deep oh voices God. that that are like you know singing and the yellow font and it just like pulls up it really makes me feel like I'm watching like a a 70s type movie or something oh for sure like the exorcist or whatever Mm -hmm. it gives you that like unsettling feeling that the exorcist gives you that that title and I think that that is awesome it sets the mood Mm -hmm. for this entire movie and you're immediately like oh crap here we go like as soon (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like a roller coaster. Yes. Oh, it's so true. That's a great way to put it. You yeah. feel like, all right, we're at the top and yeah. we're going down. So oh my God. Uh, what do you think of the actors? How do you how do you think that they do you think that they accurately portray, first of all, Vera and Patrick as the Warrens and then the family? Like what do you think of of the acting in this film? Um, I definitely do. I love um Vera and Patrick together. Oh, I think that they have really, really good on screen chemistry. And you can tell that they love each other so much. I it's know. so cute. I like, hate it. It's so cute. So cute. Oh. It makes me seriously want to throw up. <laughs> that and Beth Sheba on the wardrobe. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> true. Just a combination of a those projectile two things. Yeah. Oh, all, all over. Oh. They're, no, they're great. From interviews that I've seen, they don't really look like them. No. They're obviously Hollywood versions of them. Um, Patrick is very, very handsome. <laughs> Well, and he's a thinner guy, too, and it's just like, okay. Well, and Ed Warren, I think he looks like an old Italian man. Yeah. Like he's in the mafia. (laughs) I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. You're probably wrong. But But yeah, they don't really look like them. I mean, but it's Hollywood... 
it's the it's the whole Hollywood act like acting thing whatever yeah, like yeah. you're not they don't ever really look like them yeah. however I will say that their clothing is perfect oh my god it's like spot on so perfect the high collar dress yes and her hair oh my gosh she looks perfect and even his haircut and like the sideburns and everything look just like him yep so you know they did get that right which is really cool so that kind of makes it fun yeah uh I really love Lily Taylor Lily Taylor plays uh Carolyn yes and she is so freaking good. She's also in Hemlock Grove, which she's the yep. mom, one of the moms in that. Mm-hmm. And she is in um, the remake of The Haunting, and she plays Eleanor. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she's uh, actually the best part of that entire horrible film, because I love the original <laughs> Haunting. Yep. Uh, so so this the remake is a pain in my butt, but I love her as Eleanor. It's so perfect. And mm-hmm. she's great. She, in my opinion, she really... But yeah, Lily, for me, Lily Taylor uh, tells the truth with her characters, and most of her characters are in very fantastical situations. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that that's really important. And Vera and Patrick do that in this film too. They tell the truth. Yeah. And they make you believe that you are in this fantastical situation with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that's really important. Yeah. Well, and I also love. Um, Ron Livingston yes I love because he's just he's a very like aloof character I feel like yeah you don't really get to learn a lot about him he's just kind of like oh like what is going on here all the time like he has no clue which I feel like he is also very helpful yeah he's like I don't know what's going on but let me help you but I'm here for you (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) which is good he's not an idiot like I feel like in a lot of uh current horror movies like the dad kind of plays like the idiot and stuff which is really unfortunate it is unfortunate and he we he might not get as much character time as as he probably deserves but Mm -hmm. he you're right he does he's he's like I'm here for you I have no idea what's going on but I'm here well and I feel like that may have been the case with um the actual Mr. Perrin yeah. because like he didn't experience a lot of the bad stuff that his wife did or mm-hmm. that their daughters did yeah. because the ghost was basically her goal was to be the lady of the house. So, yeah. you know, she kind of assumed the role of his wife. So really creepy. That is really creepy. Yeah. Well, going into that, what do we think of the story? Like, what do we think of the plot? Uh, like we mentioned earlier, it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. The Warrens, unfortunately, were known to not get their story straight. Yeah. Now, we all know that when anyone tells a story, sometimes you embellish, mm-hmm. sometimes you forget, and then you remember later when you tell right. the story again. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think that there's holes in the story are hard to to prove and you know so uh what do you think do you think this should have been like titled like based on a true story or do you think it should have been like inspired by Mm. events that might have happened (laughs) yeah I I feel like inspired by maybe would be more accurate Mm -hmm. but I also feel that way about every single horror movie that's written based on a ghost story because a lot of artistic liberties are taken with it of course yeah 
But I also think that if you're just watching this purely for entertainment purposes and you don't believe in like the paranormal world or anything like that, I think it's easy to say like, oh, of course that didn't happen. But I think if you have experienced something like this, then it's definitely relatable and you're like, okay, I could totally see that happening. Right, Um, yeah. Me personally, I think that they did a great job with the story, even though I do think that it's a little bit exaggerated. I think that in order for us to relate to what the Perrin family went through, we have to see these insanely creepy images in order to feel any kind of ounce of what they were feeling when they right, had to go through Right, because there's a degree of separation. Because right. you're watching it on a screen, you're not in the moment. You're not mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. You know, you're not in the story. Yeah. So if you are, you know, watching on a screen, you need to have, yeah, things need to be embellished in order for you to get a reaction. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, you were telling me earlier about the house the actual house the real yeah. house and how you know this kind of puts a little bit of a seed of doubt in your head uh, in anyone's head really about like if anything is really haunted there mm-hmm. uh there's a day there was a daycare at one point yeah I, I guess a family that had moved in there I don't, I'm not sure if it's the current family that lives there I don't think it is I guess they they put a daycare center in there and like they ran a daycare business out of the house and nothing happened yeah and some (laughs) someone asked them like you know have you experienced anything with the children and stuff like that and the lady who ran it was like "Mm, no not really i mean like here and there but nothing major (laughs) and i'm like that's the most haunt that would be the most haunted part of that entire house was the daycare part of the house and nothing happened yeah (laughs) for real i'm like what the where was Bathsheba trying to, you know, take all those kids' souls? I know. Like. For real. Oh, my God. So I was like, wow. Okay. Well, that when I have kids and if I ever have to send them to daycare, I'm probably now going to be, like, doing a Google search on the property. Like, what happened here? <laughs> like. But obviously nothing happened to the Rhode Island house. So maybe maybe your, your kids, your future children are in the clear. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's they'll true. be fine. Yeah, Depends yeah. on the spirit, probably. Mm, yeah, true. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, the woman who owns it now, her name is Norma Sutcliffe, and uh, she actually sued Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is getting all the... I know. Oh, holy crap. Warner Brothers is like, oh my God. Oh, maybe it's because the movie is cursed. <gasps> it could be. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she sued Warner Brothers in 2015 uh, because the Conjuring fans had been trespassing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I have to laugh. They're trespassing on her property. Like people like us who are like really gung-ho about it you know and like we love to conjuring like taking <laughs> selfies like in front of her freaking house and she's just trying to like make she's eggs like, i'm in just her trying underwear. to live my life <laughs> i'm just trying I'm just to live trying here to drink my coffee but you know not all like horror fans are as innocent i think as right. us because there were also some people who actually took the story to like heart and wanted to burn her house down that's insane that's where it's like mm, i don't mean you shouldn't trespass but if, don't burn houses down if you're down. listening to this podcast and you love horror don't burn people's houses down <laughs> in the name of your favorite horror movie don't do it well because they were like this house is evil they're like, obviously this house is evil because I saw The Conjuring and it's evil, evil, evil. So isn't that sad? I can't, 
you know, and I I don't think I would sue Warner Brothers if that had happened, but I would I'd be angry. I'd be angry that people were trespassing. That's for sure. So I don't blame her in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. So the writers of The Conjuring, the first one, Chad and Carrie Haynes, they're twins, which threw me off big time. Wow. It was just weird because they were doing an interview on the behind the scenes of The Conjuring DVD. And I was like, ah, they look the same. (laughs) Like, I don't know why I was so surprised that they were twins. I guess I just didn't expect it. You're the same person. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They look a lot alike. I don't know. But, um... They, I was doing a little bit of background on them, and they also did the House of Wax remake. You know, the one with Paris Hilton. Oh. (laughs) The one we all love. Oh, man. Actually, I really, when I saw that they had done it, I immediately went on to Netflix and started watching it. Because I was like, I want to see if there's any, like, similarities between, like, House of Wax and The Conjuring. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. They're the writing style. And yeah. it is kind of similar. Like, it is actually kind of a good film. It is, but you can't go into it thinking that you're going to see, like, the Vincent Price version no, of No, absolutely of not. You're right. It's, because it's definitely not the same thing. No, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, it really is. Only thing so, that's the same is that there's a House of Wax. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. exactly. It's the only thing. Yeah. Um, but I did notice some uh, similarities in the style. Like, the characters are actually pretty fleshed out in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the brother and sister, at least, oh, are, yeah. are pretty well done. And, uh, you know, and I kind of felt that way with The Conjuring. I was like, these characters are pretty meaty. Like, yeah. it's really nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, you you care about them. And yeah. that, that's something that I think that gets thrown aside in a lot of horror films is that you just throw in a bunch of characters that you don't care about and are actually really excited about seeing, you know, killed off. Right. Uh, that doesn't happen in well, these movies. I think in order for a horror movie to really be good, mm-hmm. you have to have an emotional connection to the characters. And Absolutely. you have to be invested. So to hear their story just makes it that much more interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and I actually think that even if Ed and Lorraine weren't real people, I would still really care about oh, like, yeah. what happened to them, yeah. what happened to these families. So, the writing, like, kudos to them because the writing is so freaking good it in is. the Conjuring movies. So, let's uh, get into James Wan. So, mm-hmm. uh, James Wan's style, of course, like you were saying earlier, is like all over the place yeah. in this film. It is is like this the style of like the witch's face mm. like she's almost like really she's classic looking she's, she is you know she has like the crone kind of nose mm-hmm. um you know the warts and the wrinkles and you know the yellow eyes and and he seems to use that look in a lot of his films he has that sort that kind mm-hmm. of look and he actually talks about in the behind the scenes on the dvd he says before i make a horror film and i'm paraphrasing but he goes before i make a, a horror film i always ask myself what would scare me mm-hmm. which seems like sort of obvious when you're right. making a horror film but yeah. he actually like follows through with that yeah <laughs> So, like, do you feel that way? I do, and I feel like a lot of other um, people who make horror movies don't really focus on what scares them as much as maybe what's scaring other people. Yeah. So they try too hard. I think we all are commonly scared of things. Like, Like scared of the same things. Yeah, we're all going to be freaked out by a freaking creepy looking witch who is hiding on top of a wardrobe. Like that's well, going to scare the crap out of us. Since, I mean, 
James Wan isn't an, an American. He's um, Australian. Mm-hmm. But there is sort of like a Puritan uh, part of us as Americans. Mm-hmm. I think there is this sort of like connection to our past where certain things like that are scary. Yeah. And like the idea of this... Uh, spirit who could like test our faith Mm. I guess Mm -hmm. is is I think scary for us as Americans who come from Puritans I guess right it's almost like in our blood or whatever you know he understands that maybe Mm -hmm. not like that's how I view it but I think we all have this sort of like deep connection to this inherent evil that Mm -hmm. could like our attack our way of life yeah so our peaceful life well, I think too it maybe he didn't mean to do this, but it's something that you and I would probably notice. Bathsheba is literally attacking this all-American wholesome family. Yeah. She comes in to just tear them apart. She's literally trying to kill Carolyn's children. So that in itself is absolutely terrifying and it's appalling especially if you're a mother Mm -hmm. or you know you have a very close-knit family that scares people to death like yeah and by showing actually Lorraine talks to her uh Carolyn at one point and she reveals how they went to the beach that one day and it was like Mm -hmm. the best day at the beach and of course that comes up later at the end of the movie she's like remember like your children remember that moment yeah and um you know like that moment that you're all together and everyone in that moment is happy mm-hmm. and yeah you're, you're right that's what Bathsheba is trying to take away from her t- trying to take away her her peaceful happy life yeah. with her daughters and her husband yeah yeah uh yeah that's really interesting uh I also I want to talk on this briefly the exorcism scene at the end going back to like what scares James Wan and, and eventually like it all scares us as well yeah um where Carolyn is uh, trying to fight off Bathsheba, trying to possess her. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting in a chair and she bites uh, the sheriff's ear. And so they have to like muzzle her. So oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they like throw that sheet on her. Mm-hmm. And she actually wears that sheet for oh, a good while in that exorcism scene, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh, James Wan, he's such a master. He knows that by hiding the monster, we all let our our imaginations run away from us. Right. So she immediately becomes 20 times scarier under the sheet. Also, at that point, too, you've seen Bathsheba, I think twice yeah like her full face yeah you see her once on top of the closet and then you see her again when carolyn is laying in bed and she floats over her yes but you only see her for maybe three seconds Mm -hmm. and then the scene is cut yeah here you're you'd miss the like pretty much the entire transformation until the the sheet comes off or like like ripped or something yeah, yeah like you see little glimpses and you get to see her eyes a little bit but i think Obviously, I think he did that on purpose so that we're not getting bombarded with the image. We're not becoming jaded by her her image, yeah. He always does it in, like, super short bursts. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about, too, when I was saying, like, the imagery really, really sticks with you. Yes. Because you see it and you have an idea of what it looks like, and then 
it just gets like blown out of proportion because it scares the crap out of yeah, you. Yeah, because it's just sitting in your brain mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, like I know that this is here, but like I, and then your mind starts to play tricks on you because oh, maybe you yeah. imagine it differently. Well, because when I watched it again, um, like I watched it and then I watched it like a year later and I was like, this is not as scary as I remember it being. Probably because I had seen it before, but also because, you know, like you want to like, shut your eyes and not see (laughs) yeah it sounds so stupid and so cheesy but the more brief of a time it is the scarier it is I think yeah no I think you're right that's that's so true (laughs) so what's really to end uh the episode what's really interesting is that we don't really get to know too much about the Warrens yeah a lot of the movie uh we hear about the family Mm-hmm. the Pern family and we get glimpses of the Warrens and we understand who they are and what their deal is but we don't really know a lot about them individually and mm-hmm. then like how they met yeah and you know like what did Lorraine see during the exorcism that they show like the video of they show during the the class and you know like how did they meet like how could they have met like how come they both like right have like this supernatural connection and yeah what's what's really cool is that this all bleeds into the conjuring 2 yeah the second installment which is what we're going to be talking about uh the next time you get a podcast update (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah That'll be awesome. That's yes. it for this episode. Right. If you want to know what happens to Ed and Lorraine, first watch The Conjuring 2 well, and then yeah. listen yes. <laughs> to our episode. That'll be our next full-length episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. 